Welcome to your favorite podcast, Cosmic Queen. Get ready to discover soulful selling and marketing strategies. Learn how to stop overthinking everything by reprogramming your subconscious mind. And finally, level up your business, your income, and your success. Yes, girl, it is all happening right now. So grab your earbuds, light up your manifestation candle. It is time to hack the quantum field, create success that defies logic, and let out your inner alpha. Let's go ahead and get started. Hello and welcome to the summer series. So now as you guys listen to this, it will be August, which to me is always officially summer. Now I live in Miami, so it's like summer year round, but summer to me, August really feels like summer. July, the boys are still in camp. I'm, you know, kind of wrapping stuff up, but August is the month that we really go on vacation and we're kind of intentional about that, like very summer, summer. So, so nice and relaxing. I say now until summer with kids is so, so different than summer as a kid, but nonetheless, we're going to do a little fun kind of summer themed podcast series for you guys to enjoy in August. And speaking of kids, We're going to start off with one of the biggest questions that I get, and this is fresh on my mind because yesterday I just had like one of those moments that we are not proud of as moms. There was a glass of water that spilled. I got angry about it. I felt horrible literally the minute that I got angry because I was like, why why am I angry about this? And the truth is that I was just overwhelmed, right? Like I had just cleaned up this mess and that mess and I had made dinner and then I had made another dinner. And then I finally sat down on the couch and then the glass of water spilled and hopped up, grabbed a towel, had to rush and pick it up. And there are so many moments like that in motherhood where even when we feel like we're doing our best, it ends up being one of our less graceful moments. And of course, with the work that I do now, When I have those moments, the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh my God, is this my child's RTT moment? Oh my gosh, is this the little T trauma? Is this the one that gets imprinted? Oh my God, oh my God, someday, someday he's going to be trying to launch his business. Someday he's going to be trying to run for president. Someday he's going to be trying to do some amazing, incredible thing. And he's going to remember the one time that he leapt up, knocked over a glass of water, and I got angry. And of course, the guilt then is overwhelming, right? Because here's the truth. That is how those moments imprint. When we talk about most of business trauma, most of what keeps us from doing what we dream of doing, of really going for it, of taking action, of being visible, of letting go of our imposter syndrome, it's all because of this. It's all because of these small little T moments where we form beliefs about ourselves. Oh, I can never do anything right. Every time that I'm me, I hurt people. Every time that I move, something bad happens. Oh, let me stay in action. And I, of course, don't want my kids to feel that ever. I want them to feel like there's no limitations on them, that there's no ceiling. But I also know that there's really no way to do that perfectly. Because sometimes the scenes that imprint that come up in our TT sessions are so, 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 so benign, so small and so harmless. So one of the big questions that I get asked is, am I traumatizing my child? Or rather, how do I handle this very kind of traumatic situation? Am I doing it right? Am I doing a bad job? When my child comes and tells me this, am I responding in the right way? And the good news is that there's no way 
to do parenting perfectly. That is the good news because you could do it as perfectly as possible. And this little T trauma is still going to imprint because it really, really is the small moments. So just walking through, I want to just talk about a couple of the things that do tend to be the big things that people come to me with. And I'm going to focus on two things because of course there is major trauma, right? And maybe you are someone that has gone through major trauma. Maybe you've gone through abuse or a divorce or a death, all kinds of things. But then there's also the little T trauma, which is all the small moments in life that have made you feel not good enough or undeserving or unworthy. And there's really no way to get through life without those moments. And there's certainly no way to get your child through life without those moments, which to me is the hardest part of motherhood. Because I wish that I could just wrap up my kids in a bubble so that they never, ever, ever hurt in their entire lives. And it's even worse when I think that maybe I was the one that did something that hurt them. But there's no way to do that because hurt is part of growing. And kids are left to make their own interpretations all day long. So one of the biggest things that I see is that little T trauma is what comes up the most in my sessions. It tends to be really, really small events. And there's two reasons for that. Number one is communication. When we have really big T trauma events, we tend to communicate a lot about them. So when there's divorce or death, we tend to talk about it a lot with our kids. When it's the little T trauma kind of things, a glass of water knocking over and us getting mad, when it's the time that we're late to pick up, all of those little things, our child has a balloon that pops. We tend not to talk about them that much. We don't really rehash what happened with our kids, break down what we were feeling. What are you feeling? We don't send them to therapy over it. Like sometimes we do with divorces or deaths or big, big griefs like that. And so what happens is that the child is left to create their own conclusions. And those conclusions become their belief patterns. And if you've ever played a game of telephone with a child, you know that the last thing that you want them doing is creating their own conclusions because it is like one big game of telephone up in there. And if you can think back to being a child, it's the same thing. And sometimes people don't realize until they're in a subconscious session with me how many misunderstandings they had as a child. Whether it's my parent didn't come to this thing, that means that they don't care about me. Or my parents always working, that means that they are uninterested in me. Or, ah, I was so excited to show my parent that piece of art and they were so dismissive. That must mean that I am terrible at art and not creative and I can never create anything ever again and I must become an engineer, which is sometimes what happens. And all of these little silly beliefs get formed in our head, get stored in our head. So the first thing is having communication. Honestly, like as much as possible with your kids. Even when it feels really hard and even when it feels so vulnerable and even when you're like, oh my gosh, do I even have to say this because they must know it already? Just err on the side of communication. That is the fastest way to make sure that trauma doesn't imprint in a way that's going to be detrimental for them down the road. Because while you are avoiding hard conversations or while you're trying to sweep things under the rug, your child is noticing things and realizing things, whether it's patterns in your marriage, whether it is the attitudes that we have towards the people around us, whether it's our own beliefs 
about success and jobs and all these things, whether it's our own beliefs about them, they notice they're picking up on this stuff. Kids are really, really, really intelligent. And especially if you have an intuitive child, even more so. And you know, because if you were an intuitive child, you know that even though people weren't talking about things, you knew what was up. And the fact that you knew what was up and nobody was talking about things or they were denying it causes huge, huge, huge trust fractures later in life. It leads you to second guess yourself. Is my intuition correct? Are my perceptions correct? I'm noticing this, but the adults around me are saying this. What does that mean? That must mean that I'm wrong, that I can't trust myself. And of course, that's not true. So number one thing, communication. And I will say, even when there is like a big T trauma event, like a divorce or a death, a big move, bullying, when it comes up in sessions, the way that it's programmed subconsciously, on a conscious level, it feels like one big giant trauma. But on a subconscious level, what it actually is, is a series of small traumas. So I find that people don't tend to go back to their parents getting divorced, but they do tend to go back to that one scene where their parent is yelling at their other parent because child support hasn't been paid or where they have to go to their other parent's house and there's a scheduling change last minute and they're left feeling like they're not good enough for either parent. Those are the little things that tend to imprint into our belief system. So it doesn't tend to be the big, huge event. It ends up being all the little small threads that come from that event. And of course, again, there's no way to do this perfectly, but over-communication is the answer here. Even when we're rushed, even when we feel like it's so unnecessary, the more that we can communicate with our kids, the better. So in addition to that kind of like lack of communication, the other thing that I see coming up a lot in my sessions is parentification of some kind. So if you were a parentified child, then... The idea is basically that you were forced to act as a parent in some capacity. So a parent to your parent or a parent for your siblings. You were forced to take responsibility that maybe you wish that you had not been forced to take on. Now, parentification, it accompanies trauma because if you grew up in a household where the trauma was that there was a divorce or that a parent struggled with their mental health or there was a death, right? something, chances are that you experienced some degree of parentification because there was some level. I mean, your parent probably had to be responsible for themselves and for you and maybe for a job and two jobs. And so that meant that some of those adult responsibilities that they couldn't get to because they were already overwhelmed fell on you. Or if your parent was struggling with mental illness, maybe they couldn't handle everything that being a parent would have encompassed. They couldn't handle taking care of you because it was hard enough for them to take care of themselves. And so what happens is that we're forced to grow up really young. So I see this come up a lot because I find that it's a very unique success block. It's a very unique business block, a very unique career block, because it really leads to imposter syndrome. And I think it's one of the biggest roots of imposter syndrome. I think that there are two kinds of imposter syndrome. Number one, when you're kind of just an imposter And your brain just can't visualize the reality of you doing the thing that you're going to go do because it's never seen it before and you've never done it before. And so it's a little bit of a fear of the unfamiliar. And in that case, 
you just have to do it. And you just have to make peace of the fact that yes, you are indeed an imposter, but you will not be for long. But then there's the other kind of nefarious imposter syndrome that really sticks around even after you've been doing things for a while where you're just constantly second guessing yourself. You're stuck in decision fatigue. You are stuck in indecision. It feels like all of your energy is leaking out. And I find that most of the time, the root of this is parentification. Why? Because it's really the OG imposter syndrome. The OG imposter syndrome is you being forced to act like an adult when really you were a child. Because for as mature as children are, they are not adults. They are incapable of some adult responsibilities. They are incapable of realizing, rationalizing the way that adults can. And so if you were a child that had to act like an adult, well, hello, imposter syndrome. Maybe you'd had no idea what you were doing. You were taking care of your siblings. You were changing diapers when you had never changed a diaper before. You were scolding your siblings. You were trying to discipline them. Maybe you were taking care of a parent. Maybe you were listening to your parents' woes about dating, about the breakup that they just had. Maybe they were confiding in you about their marriage or about the divorce or about their relationship with other people. Maybe they were complaining about their job and looking to you for support. Whatever it was, whatever it looked like, you had to take on concepts that your child brain couldn't quite wrap around. And because of that, it leads you to be an adult that second guesses yourself. So you're sitting there and things seem to be going well, but you think, how do I know? How do I know? I can't trust myself. And it's because you were never given the space to be a child and to learn how to trust yourself. You kind of just had to take responsibility head on. So it's really damaging parentification. And I don't think people understand at all the degree to which it is so damaging because it's so glorified in our culture. I always talk about Gilmore girls. I call it the Gilmore girls phenomenon. This idea that it's so fun, that it's so fun to have this parent that's so irresponsible. And oh my gosh, she can be so irresponsible because her child is so responsible and will just like pick up the slack for both of them. And the truth is that it's, it's not like that. Being the child doesn't feel that way. And I think it's just really easy to fall into. Like now that I'm a parent, you know, and especially being a parent of two boys, right? And having one little boy and one big boy, I think that we forget how little kids actually are. And especially if you have a child that's like precocious and mature and responsible and and all these things, it's really easy to think that they can actually be having adult conversations or that they can actually be responsible for taking care of their sibling or that they can actually be um, the one that is your helper, right? And, And helping mommy when she gets stressed or anxious and to some degree, right? Implying that your child is responsible for your feelings or responsible for making your life better in some capacity. And it's really, really easy to fall into that when it's summer and we're a little bit stressed, and the kids are home and kind of the structure and the rules are out the window, right? And where we want to be more playful with our kids and we want to be connecting with them more deeply, but it's just something to keep in mind. We worry so much about messing up and we really don't have to because there's no way to mess up, right? Even the worst kind of situation, there's always a way to rectify it through communication, 
And that communication really is the key thing. The communication and the just remembering, right, that at the end of the day, we're the adults. And with that comes responsibility and freedom. And we also get to be in charge for our kids. We get to, in the best way possible, hold space for them to become the people that they're here to become. We get to hold space for them to enjoy themselves and to be kids, to let go of responsibility, especially when it comes to summer, to just go out and play and enjoy themselves and not have to worry about this thing or that thing. And above all, not to worry about how we're feeling, not to worry and feel like they have to be responsible for us. So hopefully that was helpful. I always, always, always get asked about different kind of parenting topics and what do you think about this as a subconscious expert? Do you think that I'm doing the right thing? And I'm like, you're always doing the right thing. If you believe it's the right thing, if you're doing the right thing, because you believe that it's what's right for you and it's what's right for your child, then it is the right thing. If you are communicating with your child and remembering to communicate from a place of firmness and also vulnerability, right? Letting our kids know that we do make mistakes, that we are vulnerable, that sometimes we are scared. And to make sure that we're always leading for them, that we're always doing it in a way that gives them space to be themselves, that gives them space to own their fears and to know that no matter what they're feeling, they can always count on us too. If you loved this episode, I guarantee you are going to love hanging out with me. So come over to my Facebook group, Ready for More, Change Your Thoughts, Transform Your Life, And let's keep this party going.